This is the Newsroom Podcast. I'm Jason Collington, editor of the Tulsa World. I'm here today with Bill Haston, our sports columnist and sports writer. And uh, the most popular story for the one of the most popular stories for the month of May at, on TulsaWorld.com was a story that Bill published only four days in May. Uh, and I can tell you that the reaction to it uh, has been interesting. Uh, but I think Bill got some open records and put those open records together. And he was able to tell audiences who, who is in the $100,000 high school football coach club. Right. And Bill, uh, tell me a little bit about what made you think of this idea. And again, we published this on uh, May 28th. We're recording this podcast on a Friday afterward. It's been a week. Uh, it's been in our top five and the number one story on TulsaWorld.com for a week now. Tell me a little bit about what got what went into it, what made you think to do this, and why now? Okay, so uh, I've been at the world as of uh, June 12th. I will have been at the world 33 years, right? So I have a really vivid memory of 2001, that spring, or maybe it, maybe it was into the summer. But anyway, I kept hearing, wow, Jinx is about to redo Alan Trimble's situation in a big way and as it turned out it was a 48 allen at that time coach trimble had won five consecutive 6a championships jason so he was making fifty three thousand dollars they raised him to seventy nine nine seventy nine thousand nine hundred dollars right and it sent shockwaves through oklahoma high school football well i covered that that process and and we did a double truck on Allen that summer, and um, but the famous was, the famous limo picture yeah. by Kelly Kerr. Yeah, it well, it, it was a sports car we borrowed from somebody with with a convertible <laughs> sports car, and so Kelly was in the bed of my truck, and then Allen was in the sports car, and we went very slowly back and forth across the Jinx Bridge eight times, maybe ten times really i mean like 15 miles an hour right and but everybody all the traffic knew it was coach trimble and so nobody was like he's in hell about it or honking or anything it was just like right. okay coach trimble's uh got a um, a modeling assignment going on here so uh <laughs> oh yeah I'll, that was unforgettable uh yeah kelly was in the kelly kerr uh was in the in the bed of the truck uh and just firing away and and, and we got a great image out of it so uh but yeah, from that point, I really started to pay more attention to the compensation of the uh, high school football coaches in in our area, and especially at the big school level, Jason. And so I know in 07, we did a, something comparable to this and took a look at salaries. At that time, uh, the highest paid person in the Tulsa area was Kirk Frederick, who was the rookie head coach at Union that year, right? right. And he was in 90, uh, 92.5, I think is what he was making. He was the highest paid guy in the state. Uh, and there were very, very few guys or very few head coaches in the state at that time beyond about 60,000, maybe 55 to 60,000. And uh, so... Um, and I had recently, you know, last football season, I remember going through the archives looking for something, and I saw that salary package we had done in 07. And I thought, we haven't done that in a while. 
And I just thought, you know, 16 years, 15 years, it was actually 15 years at the point when I started to work on this in October. And I just thought it'd be something interesting to address uh, all over again. I was aware of at least three or four of the coaches who were beyond $100,000. I didn't realize there was there were eight public school coaches in the Tulsa area beyond 100,000. But more interesting to me is that the probably the I haven't really I haven't taken a calculator to it to figure the average, but I'm guessing now the average uh, of, of the schools that did respond to our request, the overall average in the Tulsa area now is somewhere between seventy thousand and eighty thousand um, dollars. And there are eight Tulsa area coaches that yes. are making over $100,000 in total compensation. Correct. And as you found out, because you're a good reader of all things media, right. uh, the Fort Worth Star-Telegram just did a survey of the 142 coaches in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, the massive, hundred. remember, 142 head football coaches in all of Dallas-Fort Worth, and eight guys in Tulsa make more than anybody in Dallas-Fort Worth. No, three guys in Tulsa make three more. guys. Sorry, three guys right. in Tulsa right. make more than anybody in all of Dallas Fort Worth. One hundred and forty-two Correct. coaches. Correct. The uh, the Star Telegram did their uh, look at salaries in at the beginning of the twenty-two football season, and uh, they had spent all spring and summer uh, collecting those numbers, and or all summer uh, because the fiscal year starts typically on July first. So um, there were uh, the highest paid coach, uh, according to the Star-Telegram last year in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, was Duncanville's head coach at 146000 and change, 146000 So uh, that meant that once we finished rounding up our numbers, that union coach Kirk Frederick, uh, Bixby coach Lauren Montgomery, and uh, good grief, who am I forgetting? Who's the third? Who's the third? Mr. Guy? Mr. Blankenship, of course, Coach Bill Blankenship at Owasso, of course. Uh, all of those guys, uh, Coach Frederick is at 159000 and then Coach Montgomery and Coach Blankenship are at $148,000, which puts them beyond any of the public school head football coaches in DFW. Now, that is a striking stat. So interesting. But then at the same time, the Star-Telegram reported another striking number, Jason, and that is that of the 142 public high school head football coaches that they had numbers on, that's the average on those coaches is $116,000. So you say, well, wow, there's three coaches in Tulsa beyond anybody in Dallas, and that's impressive and interesting. But at the, but then you look at the average and you say, well, the Dallas-Fort Worth public school coaches are roughly $30,000 beyond the Tulsa area average. So, right. um, yeah, but, but, but there were some surprises. I mean, with regard to six-figure compensation around here for uh, – Muskogee with Travis Hill making 105. Um, and then, um, you know, Bobby Clink at Sand Springs is a couple of dollars shy of 100,000, but Wagner's Dale Condick in class 4A. Um, and you know what? He may be the 
I, I would like to know this. Uh, he, he may be the only head football coach below uh, the 6A or 6A2 level who is making 100000 But Coach Del Condic's making $115,400. He's got to he's got to walk past the trophy case with a lot of uh, state championships, though. Exactly, and uh, this most recent state championship in twenty twenty two, Barry Lewis and I agree. We've never seen a more dramatic, more perfectly played fourth quarter uh, than what Wagner pulled off to beat Cushing, previously unbeaten Cushing in the championship game, which was interesting uh, too, in that. Cushing had beaten Wagner 42 to nothing during the regular season. And so for Wagner to come back and find a way to kick a field goal as time expires to win that championship. And as I wrote, you know, I'm sure the Wagner people would agree that Coach Condit earned every dime of that 115000 that night. Uh, so, and, but let's, who, uh, let's see, who else? Is, we'll just run down here. Uh, well, I, I want to also, well, let's go, let's go to the union. Let's go to the top guy. So yeah. when you, you actually in your story, which we have, of course, linked here in the show notes of this podcast, uh, in, in the union coaches is broken up into a base salary of 111,000, a coaching stipend of 12,000, uh, an on-call stipend of $4,450, summer camp stipend, $15,000, a benefit right. stipend of $5,544, and then a retirement of 11,249 for a total of 159,614. And as you said, you've only got these breakouts on a couple of the big guys, uh, but it seems like it's not just all straight uh, base salary. There are things that, again, I don't know what an on-call stipend is, but I'm guessing that that's because he's on call all the time. It's it's literal 24-7. Yeah. yeah. And so, and again, it could be argued that uh, teachers are also like that and principals are also unlike, and, and maybe they have on-call stipends too, but that was one thing that kind of jumped out at me. Um, right. You also not only did the Tulsa area, you, you reached out across the, uh, down the turnpike uh, to the Oklahoma city area, to some of those coaches right. against the coaches that we only mentioned, because they usually win a lot of championships. Um you got um, Edmund Deer Creek uh, at 105,000. Mustang, which again is Lee Blankenship. Which what relationship is he to Bill? He's a he is a cousin. A cousin. Uh, he's a much younger guy, but I, I believe that's right. It is a family relation, uh, and I believe they're cousins. Yeah. Yeah, he's at 118. Um, and then one of the ones that kind of popped out when you're looking at the area coaches. You know, you you've got Sepulpa at seventy one thousand, Tahlequah at seventy three thousand. Um, you've got Ulaga at seventy eight thousand. That wasn't a surprising number to me. Kawita again seventy eight thousand. Uh, but the ones that are the area ones, the highest one there was ninety one thousand for Harry Wright in Bartlesville. Um, what kind of reaction have you gotten since this story has come out? What what kind of phone calls have you gotten? Uh, one coach who uh, I won't uh, mention him by name, but one coach uh, was pretty angrily reached out to me to and said, I, you know, uh, this is not, these numbers are not accurate. And I said, I got these numbers from your administration office. I mean, and, and then I thought, well, did I make a mistake and perhaps copy and paste a number in the wrong spot? And so I went back to the original email from that school district and in fact, it all lined up. Uh, there was, there was, it, it, to the penny, we reported 
uh, what we were given by that school district. And I shared it back with him and he was upset. He said, well, that's not what I'm actually making. And, and I said, well, I mean, take it up with your people. Uh, but uh, yeah. no, no, there was feedback here today. I'm, I'm at a Bixby football camp today and, and uh, it's not, it's not like anybody's uh, it, you know, it's, it's like last year I wrote a piece in September on the quarterback who transferred from Jinx to Union, right? Yep. And it was the kind of uh, kind of the 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 kid's dad kind of narrated the whole thing and why they why the family decided to move and and uh, and I remember a lot of coaches were upset about that piece and I said you know to everybody who would complain about it I would say. Uh, if that kid had moved from Jinx to Lincoln Christian or Metro Christian or Catoosa, we, it would have been one paragraph or a couple of paragraphs. But he went from, that's like transferring from OU to Texas after right. you <laughs> win state, right? I mean, really, that was such a, a massive story uh, like a year ago right now, actually, is when all that went down. Um but it was such a big story for that kid to have quarterback jinx to the 2021 state championship as a freshman and to, to move to union in the way he did. And so I just thought we needed to write the definitive story on that. And mm -hmm. so we, and people were upset about it for a few days. And there were a few coaches who for a few weeks were icy to me, one in particular, and he knows who he is, was really icy to me and said, uh, and, and emptied, uh both barrels and let me know how he felt about it uh and that's fine as long as you, as long as you read it i'm cool with it I, 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 but uh but with regard to reaction this week i mean like uh, there's a lot of text messages uh and a, a couple of coaches today came up and wanted to talk about it but nobody's saying it was a bs uh, project for the Tulsa world. Nobody's saying it didn't have validity. I just think that, you know, I mean, who among us is excited to uh, publicly have our salaries or financials rolled out like that? I mean, you know, we didn't do this uh, to like get back at anybody or whatever. I just thought because this is a uniquely hot high school football market and people here have an uh, I use the word appetite in the column or in the piece uh people here have a great appetite for high school football and I just thought people would be interested to know what these guys are making now and I personally I mean do I think any of these guys are overpaid nope there's no other activity at any of these schools that bring that many people together in the way that these football programs do. And Gil Cloud, uh, who I called up uh, a week or so before it ran, the story ran, I called him because there's value <clears throat> pretty much in any topic you're writing about, there's value in calling Gil Cloud uh, because of his vast experience and he has seen it all and done it all. And, and he ended up being a great voice for me in that story. But, you know, his message was just, uh, and he pointed out all the people who benefit, not just the players or the players' families or whatever, but the, all the people who benefit from good football. And, hey, 
I, I mean, obviously we're not doing a video now, but you can see me right now, Jason. And beyond, yep. beyond me, beyond that, that south end zone at the other end, they're building a brand new high school here at Bixby. And the enrollment figures here at Bixby have exploded, exploded in part. And in a big, uh, football is a big reason for that. And Lauren Montgomery just shared a stat with me minutes ago uh, for something I'm writing in August. And it's uh, 2012. There were 40 kids, 40 ninth graders in the Bixby program in 2012. 40 ninth graders, okay? In the football so program. In the football program, there were 40 ninth grade boys. Today, there are 100. Just ninth graders. 100. Right. And <clears throat> so you've got all this explosive growth in the community, in the school district. Uh, and... Would all of this be happening right now in Bixby, Oklahoma, if not for football? No, it would not. It and would. you and you mentioned in the story, and you, you kind of go through the you know the word CEO is not a exaggeration because not right. only are they are they dealing with 125, 160 football players on the varsity team, they're also dealing with 30 coaches. Right. They're also dealing with a budget uh, uh, north of. Uh, probably one of the largest budgets on campus. Um, so it's very much a, a a CEO company that they're running that happens to have a public school attached to it. Right. When I when I talked, uh, none of the coaches I contacted <clears throat> were really, <clears throat> excuse me, really very eager to talk about <laughs> this. And, and I wasn't really surprised, but, and I, I, I told them all too, uh, I'm not asking you to defend what you're making. I just want you to know I'm writing about it. And if you have something you would like to say uh, along those lines, feel free. And Coach Frederick at Union looked at me and said, well, I do manage 34 guys. I manage 34 football coaches. And I thought, wow, 34. Uh, think about that. I mean, that that's just like a small company. And so that that was an that was enlightening. I mean, I guess if I'd really thought about it, I, I would have realized, yeah, he does manage a ton of coaches. But but uh, you're talking about last year, uh, Broken Arrow had 162 boys on their varsity football roster. That doesn't include Bixby. This year has three eighth grade teams, three ninth grade teams, two JV teams, and a varsity. Team. Yeah, that's right. Three eighth grade teams, three ninth grade teams, JV varsity. Um, and, and they had to expand to, to a third team in eighth and ninth grades because, you know, just to because the demand for uniforms is, has grown so much in these boys. Yeah. So, um, you know, it's it was interesting to me that, uh, you know, the jinx figure was so much lower than the union figure, right? Forty grand, right? That was interesting to me, and it was, and, and I just, for the record, I went back and contacted Jinx again the week that we published this, and said, "Hey," and shared with them like some breakdowns of other coaches, right? And I said, "Just want to make sure that this is the figure for Coach Riggs, and that." Maybe you're not forgetting or not including some uh, income streams that the others are, because I want it to be apples to apples on every Correct. Yeah. 
and and they wrote back they and she said well let me check that and when she got back to me she said no we that is the that is the total for coach riggs and so yeah i mean you know i mean I, like i say I'm, i didn't want to do this or we didn't want to do this uh just to just because we can you know what i mean we, it's not like well we can publish these because we because you have to give us these numbers and we can do this i thought it had real merit i thought it had real news value uh and like i said because this is and i say this all the time and and, and it, it's just something that's been building for 27 years or tw yeah 27 years since alan trimble was hired at jinx but there is no big metropolitan market better in the country than tulsa for high school football uh, the level at which it's played is getting better all the time and it, and it goes down to the smaller schools like Rejoice Christian and Holland Hall and Lincoln Christian. And, and uh, Vertigris has a really strong program now. I mean, but, but the 6A1 programs in the Tulsa market, Jason, nobody, no, what, no Oklahoma City area school, no West Side school has won uh, the biggest classification state championship since 1995. Wow. Wow. <laughs> to think about that. I mean, it's either been Jinx Union, Broken Arrow, Owasso, or Bixby in 6A. Yeah. 6A1's been around since 2014, but whatever the largest classification in the state has been since 1996, and since 1996, a Tulsa County team has been the state champion, and that's the expectation up here. And I know for a fact there are some administrators in the Oklahoma City area who are upset that we published this package because their coaches are going to see what, you know, and some of those districts didn't respond to our request. Norman didn't respond even to say uh, no thanks. I mean, they didn't respond. And so I, but I have been told that some of the administrators in Oklahoma City area aren't very happy uh, because I'm sure, I mean, like, like you, you pointed out, the Deer Creek coach, I mean, the Mustang coach makes, is making 118, uh, 118,000. Is he the highest guy, highest paid guy in the Oklahoma City area? I don't know, but I'm right. told if he's not, he's right there. So, um, and to give some context to people who may not be familiar, uh, uh, listening to this podcast, not familiar with Oklahoma football, Oklahoma's football is divided up into east and west with uh, uh, I-35 being the divider. Mm -hmm. And so we are on the east side of Oklahoma, and then Oklahoma City and all of them are considered on the west side of Oklahoma. And then we compete in, at the highest levels of, of uh, ranked football here. One of the mentions we also had in the story, and, and Bill, you we make mention of the average teacher salary in Oklahoma and the fact that the legislator just uh, did a historic funding of education. And the average teacher salary is going to be about 60000 when those raises are included. Now, we've gotten some blowback because we hear from teachers that say there's no teacher making 60000 But, of course, that involves a lot of other people that are not just teachers. And also right. it includes the extra pay that they get for being a, a sponsor for a certain club or something like that. And to give up people some context, that number puts uh, Oklahoma fourth in average teacher pay in a seven state area, something wow. that we monitor each year. So 
as you said, this was not just a story of about salaries. Again, you got this through open record requests because uh, if you are a tax, uh, if you you are if your salary is sponsored or paid for by taxpayer money, that means it's open, uh, an open an open record. And so, what Bill did was made formal requests to all these school districts for. Uh, exactly what he asked for, total compensation on high school football varsity coaches. And then, the, as I said, most of them responded. We had to push a couple of them uh, to get them to respond to you. Right. And some of them took their time. And uh, as I said, we like to use that law, the open record law, because many times this information is not out there for the public to view very easily. And so we we pull this information. We do this on a host of things. Uh, and we actually have also gone to court to get open records fulfilled and currently about on the brink of, of doing that in a couple more, a couple other state agencies. So, um, Bill, before we get out of here, what are you, what is some of your thoughts of this next football season? This again, we do this at the end. This was, you published this during spring football. We're about to head into the summer and then, right. uh, we've got this next football season coming up. What, what do we? What can we look forward to this summer when it comes to high school football in terms of our coverage? Well, uh, the uh, pretty much everybody. Now, I'm at Bixby today, and they just wrapped up a three-day camp. And like Jinx, and the camp here involved East St. Louis, which is a perennial power from, obviously, East St. Louis. But it's on the Illinois side, right? And so they're, they're a, a dominant football program in, in Illinois. And they had the biggest and tallest high school football team I have ever seen in my life. <laughs> Bixby versus East St. Louis here today. Oh, baby. That was fascinating. That was good stuff. Uh, and Union was here in Bentonville West from the Fayetteville area. And anyway, it was it was a really uh, uh, Edmund Memorial, uh, really, really interesting and intense camp. Uh, camp, you think of uh, like drills and and a lot of instruction they kind of just lined up and played football is what they did here that's uh, nice and jinx was in at westmore at a big camp comparable to this so next week pretty much everybody has off, uh, a week off after that the seven on seven circuit begins right the passing league and so that'll go on for about six weeks and everybody kind of takes a, a another week off and then uh obviously uh by august 1st tu oklahoma oklahoma state they'll be in camp to start their preseason and the high school start i think on august 7th and uh, our high school preview will be coming out at the end of august right. uh we already have decided on a couple of things that are going to be in there but uh football is a year-round sport uh, not only in, in Oklahoma, but it's also a year-round beat for people like Bill Haston. Bill, thanks for joining me today, and uh, we'll look forward to the next column. Thank you. Yes, sir. All right, Jason. Thank you.